millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Today, according to the newspapers, we should be cheering because, oh, Christmas is saved. And those lovely, lovely people in the government have really, really generously decided to they will they will end the lockdown uh, on uh, the 2nd of December. And and we are going to be going back into some sort of, you know, a happy place, some sort of happy place uh, where we are going to have some sort of freedoms, being allowed to, you know, go to the shops and things like that. Um, However, it is lockdown in all but name for large parts of the country, isn't it, what we're talking about? It is. I mean, it's continuation of lockdown by other means. I think it's really important that we realise how crazy and absurd it is that the government is deigning to say we might be allowed five days off for Christmas. I think we got used to these restrictions quite quickly. We've all got a version of Stockholm Syndrome or something at this point where we don't Not all of us recognise how of serious us. this is. But this is absolutely insane that this far into it, not only are these restrictions being continued on in another form, um, but also it's just become the role of the government to um and ah and to decide that maybe we get five days of reprieve if mm. after the point we accept tougher restrictions. This is just not a sustainable state of affairs and we, we shouldn't let ourselves get used to it. Well, I was talking to a friend yesterday who you know is very worried about elderly parents and, and being very careful and very, I'd say very sensible given that she's, uh, she's got elderly parents she wants to spend time with uh, in the bubble and all. And, and, I, and I said to him, I, 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 we were talking about, you know, what we thought about all this. And she said to me, well, you know, what do you think they should allow us to do over Christmas? And I mm. said, I don't accept the premise of your question. Um, Lord Sumption, uh, the former uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, judge, wrote a superb piece in the papers at the weekend. We're going to be talking to him on the show tomorrow um, when we find out what our freedom pass is going to be exactly. Uh, but he, he, he wrote this piece, you know, this idea that, that it is up to the government to tell us what freedoms we have. One of the principles of, of this country is that you are free to do anything that you, are, that, you're, you know, that you want to do as long as it does not harm others. The government has yet to show at any point, first lockdown onwards, the people mixing with other people in a safe, uh, you know, reasonable way, or shops being open, or or being able to go to the pub, or, or say buying a Christmas card as opposed to buying Christmas pudding, is in any way contributing to other people's safety being put at risk. Um, we've seen these seventy Tory MPs, uh, part of this COVID research group, uh, started at thirty, now seventy, demanding to see the cost-benefit analysis. This is like Steve Baker, Mark Harper, Ian Duncan Smith, David Davis, and others saying, look, there's going to be a vote in the House of Commons the next week. They, they can't. There's legislation on the lockdown falls. They have to have a vote on this on any big change. Um, but they're saying, look, we, we still have not seen 
you know, basic research into what, you know, how many lives do you think this these measures will save? And how many lives in the long run do you think these measures will cost? We've not seen that analysis. Now, there are two options here. We know certainly for the lockdown, there was no cost benefit analysis done because a cabinet minister told me that on the show and it's never been denied since. So um, they've either not done any cost benefit analysis, which is an extraordinary thing. Uh, if they haven't, given the economic and long-term health effects of, of what they're doing. Or they've done it, and they know that the costs outweigh the benefits, but they're going ahead anyway. On both grounds, we shouldn't accept it. Of course we shouldn't accept it, because it's absolutely in, insane what the, the levels of these restrictions, the impact they're going to have, the idea that there wouldn't be some serious work done to try and estimate. Because really, when we're talking about lockdown, and we're talking about trying to tackle the health crisis whilst also trying to keep the economy in some sort of shape these are questions of trade-offs if you're not having any economic impact assessments being made in relation to this if there isn't a kind of we need a kind of parallel to sage in that respect to kind of just make clear what the knock-on effects on jobs on mental health etc are of all of these different restrictions and it's just a huge dereliction of duty not to do it and I think it's, it's particularly crazy when you think about the fact that so there's so much about coronavirus that we're still learning that we're still yeah. working out how it spreads how it affects people we've known from day one that lockdown was going to have a huge damaging impact on the economy so not to take that seriously when that was one of the knowns in this really from from the beginning I think is absolutely crazy. Well indeed uh, and and we know a lot more now again I was massively in support of the first lockdown it seemed to me it wasn't you know that was just something we had to do we were saving lives the thing I find really frustrating a lot of people said why are you so angry all the time is because it's not this isn't just sort of oh well this policy of lockdown isn't doing any good it's doing harm and and to 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 be forced to sort of to to watch my my country's economy die and collapse to watch uh, the city where I live the capital city to w- look at the boarded up shops to talk to the local shopkeepers on the day that they were locking up uh, their businesses not knowing if they would ever reopen to 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 see the uh, the, the ranks of the unemployed being swelled um and 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 people who are you know living on furlough money for month after month after month to 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 see all of that and all, and hear from all the people who you know have their cancer treatment delayed or or haven't been able to get a referral. They're waiting for it at the hospital to see all of that at the same time. Um, um, where, uh, when when you know that it is the policies that are doing that, that they actually are not just they're not safe. Not only is the lockdown not saving lives because even the World Health Organization has said, uh, and indeed saving you know you don't actually save lives at long term. All you do is you you delay uh, you know people day all dying in one go who are going to die of disease. you're actually costing huge numbers of lives far more and far younger people. And yes, I do value the lives of 20-year-olds more than I value the lives of very, very sick 85-year-olds. Yes, I do, because I think that's the moral thing to do. And it's just insane when you think about how much the goalposts have shifted. You know, Mm. as you say, loads of people supported lockdown first time around because it was three weeks of restrictions to stop the NHS from falling over. Maybe it will be extended a bit here or there. This has become the means through which we manage this indefinitely and as you say as the world health organization has pointed out it's a delaying tactic but what we're delaying for has often not really been clear now the vaccine's coming over the hill that's all very exciting that's a good development but we can't stand to just wait until there's there's enough and enough of the different vaccines to roll out to everyone because we've already seen the damage that the past eight months has done it's just it seems to me that so much of this is just the government not really knowing what to do flailing around often chasing media and what they 
perceived to be public opinion. And as a result of that, we've ended up with, the, in a way, the worst of all possible worlds, a high yeah. number of COVID deaths and what, among the worst economic impacts. Yeah. As well. I mean, again, I, it, it was Labour Party pointing out, you know, we've got very, very um, high economic damage. Part of that is because we have a large service economy and manufacturing mm. has been able to continue. So Germany, they do, OK, if you have a large aspect of your economy is the service economy, then, of course, you're going to be more hit, obviously. But again, we're talking about pubs and restaurants reopening. Um, but apparently, again, a, 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 a vi- this virus is unbelievable clever because it knows whether you're <laughs> eating a pie or a or, or a packet of crisps when you're having your pint and therefore if you're having your pie isn't it if you have your pie as long as you've got with chips or a salad with it um then 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 somehow the virus is can't attack you so pubs that serve food so middle class pubs middle mm. class pubs can reopen to serve food and and restaurants as well they're looking at the 10 p.m curfew i mean that's going to be the sop they're not going to have the 10 p.m curfew now that will make a big difference there's still it looks like from what we're hearing again all this stuff being leaked out because it's only people's livelihoods that matter isn't it um let's let's give a leak you know onto twitter but they we're looking at pubs um, you know and restaurants having to stop serving at 10 p.m in terms of alcohol but people aren't being kicked out until 11 so so people will leave in drips and drabs and we won't see the chaos that we've seen before that will not only lead to less sort of insane scenes on public transport in big cities but also that will i think lead to um uh, pubs being it's, it's and, and rest, it's, it's more viable in terms of taking a second sitting in the evening as well so that that will help but again we're still looking at restaurants and pubs at 50 percent capacity if that um and having been closed in the month which is one of their biggest months for takings no it's it's such a kind of small um good measure at this point but it doesn't do anything to eclipse the damage that's already been done i mean the hospitality um, chiefs were giving evidence to um the giving evidence to parliament last week pointing you know they've lost north of half a million jobs already yeah. in that sector and that was before the second lockdown came in so all of these things it's nice i mean the 10 p.m curfew as it was was pretty irrational so it's good that that's being addressed not least because all the Evidence seemed to suggest that there weren't huge outbreaks in relation to restaurants and pubs anyway. But again, this is this is really kind of small beer to you turn a phrase in relation to yes. that sector, which has been hit so badly already. Yeah, and the reality is, this whole idea, well, the government's going to let us have Christmas together, up to four households over five days. But of course, we'll get a punishment beating in January by having more of a lockdown anyway. But again, we know the curfew runs till March. This is it, folks, and this is what it's going to be like until spring. Um, I, I think, frankly, I think even after the vaccine, looking at the polls, mm. people want to be locked down forever. I don't know what. <laughs> say it's Stockholm Syndrome I don't know what is wrong with people we are going to have to fight tooth and nail to get all of our rights back and we I want it back to absolutely every single right I had beforehand I, I I'm I, I'm so terrified that we are going to have the government able to control our lives I don't want to live in totalitarian China I really don't um, and we, we are sleepwalking into that um, but it's this idea that okay we're going to have these freedoms over Christmas and aren't they very generous um, but then there's been some polling over the weekend the Guardian reported typical of the Guardian that people would rather not have Christmas to not have the restrictions in January Ah, you're getting them in January anyway. Deaths are going to go up in January. You know why? Because it's called winter and they go up every single year. But also the key thing is the government knows perfectly well huge numbers of people. I mean, a quarter of people say they're going to break the rules to see their family at Christmas anyway. Mm. Oh, who are we kidding? It's going to be three quarters. Um, people are just... Um, every every time you see a Vox Pop on the TV, they go, well, I'm going to see my family anyway. The reality is people make their own rational, sensible decisions about what to do to keep them and their family safe. I don't know a single person with parents in, or grandparents in their 70s and 80s who is not taking extra care around them. Completely. And that's the one thing which I think is really important to point out. When we criticised the 
lockdown. It's not to suggest that we think people are just going to go nuts, that everything's going to let it rip, that people aren't going to take any kind of precautions whatsoever. It's leaving it up to people to, to decide, because not only do they know what's best for their own well-being, but also it's just a far more tenable way of dealing with this without destroying our civil liberties in the process. And I think you're exactly right about Christmas. Fundamentally, the reason that the government is doing this and giving us a little five-day reprieve, even though it seems to cut against everything that they've been yes. doing in recent months, is because they know people won't follow it. And that's the one thing that is making me slightly more hopeful, is that mm. In the same way that the public kind of led us into lockdown, people starting to avoid public transport, etc. I think we're going to start to see people chafing more against these restrictions and hopefully the government having to respond to that and loosen things up. I think that will be something yeah. to watch. I, I fear, I fear alas, it is going to have to be public opinion that leads it, which is why we do what we do here to, on my show to try and make sure that people make educated decisions and can uh, tell their MPs what they really think. I just don't think the polling is accurate. I really don't. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.